often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 546. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox penthouse. Agent Mulder, the kitty cat, laying just behind me. He was fed like two hours ago, so hopefully he's, he's chill. He looks pretty chill. It's pretty calm back there, laying down. I napped with him quite a bit. He likes to force me to nap. I'm going to blame it on him. That's why I don't get much done these days. Why I nap so much. It's the cat's fault, right? Not the fact that I'm... <laughs> not physically used to working a extremely hard physical job or anything. Or that I'm old. I couldn't possibly be old. That's not a thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, man, I had a weird dream the other night and uh my my good uh, buddy toddy actually his birthday is monday monday and uh i had a dream that we were like hanging out and for some reason we were in a police station it was almost like a uh, demolition man with the but it wasn't really in the future it was now i guess maybe it has something to do with people always bitch about cancel culture although i don't really see it that way i just feel like uh you know, people are always going to be uh, upset at things people say, especially like comedians and stuff. Is just that we we were just unable to hear them before, <laughs> as opposed to now. Anyway, but inside the police department, like I believe we were getting charged for things we said, <laughs> and uh, much like Demolition Man, I haven't watched Demolition Man in a long time. Although I love that film, it's like possibly my favorite Stallone movie. You know, possibly. It's, uh, it's just fantastic. Hey, what the fuck? What is this? Uh, this shit, huh? Hey, give me some toilet paper. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why we were at the police department. We weren't arrested, but we were getting, like, fined, and the, it was very strange. And then um, I had to shit real bad in the dream and uh, went to go relieve my bowels and uh it was like the an insane amount of shit like a super insane amount of shit and i was shitting like literal ropes and uh clogged the toilet and for some reason i had to pull it out of the toilet and like put it in a scale i i don't remember looking at the actual weight of it but for some reason i had to put it in the the scale type thing it, it was like a big pan like that was like hanging type scale. It was like on chains hanging. And for some reason I had to put it on that and that would somehow flush it. It was very strange. Very strange. I had like ropes of shit. And I'm talking like massive ropes. Like you would see like on an old boat. Like the, the big big ropes. Huge fucking ropes. That you know would. I don't know how a person could have that much shit inside their body. Sort of situation. Like there's like an impossible amount of shit. Um, if it's the South Park Kirk scale, like it would, I don't even know if we could register. It would be such a high Kirk number that, uh, I just can't, I just can't fathom it, man. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, I have been kind of blocked up lately though. Maybe that had something to feed into the dream <laughs> that I needed to shit ropes. Uh, I didn't use the rope, though, to get out of the police department or anything, like sling it out the side or anything, all like machete style where he's in the hospital and he uses that guy's like intestines out the rope, <laughs> throws it outside, uses a rope to like repel. No, I, I didn't do that. Didn't do that. Um, The shit was, man. Maybe I'm par- Maybe there is some weird shit going on inside my body and this is me thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're shitting ropes. Maybe I need to go to the police department to get it out. <laughs> to use their bathroom. To shit in their bathroom. Uh, it's quite the riddle. 
I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Why why I was shitting ropes. Uh Anyway, uh figured that was a great way to start the show. Get into shit. It's uh get the vulgar quota out of the way. So I don't get I don't I'm just not as vulgar as I once was in general. Uh or at least the show is maybe it's cuz it's just me. If I uh, had w- another person or two on, I'd, I'd feel the more need to get vulgar. It's often vulgar, you know. It's I don't know how you keep, you know, what often would be considered. Is once a show enough talking about shit? Is that often enough? It was weird shit too, man. It was like discolored, almost like white. And uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna do a Google search. This uh. Uh, this this could be bad. What does it mean to dream of shitting? <laughs> uh, here we go. What is that? Uh, <laughs> I don't think this. I don't. Mm, this is a. Uh, see here there's quite a few different websites that talk about this this is a alika alika fornaret.com is the top result but uh, i'm not feeling the meaning behind this poop dreaming meaning good luck money and more i don't think so (laughs) oh is this the dream that leads to me winning the powerball uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> shitting ropes <laughs> says it's common to have dreams of dead loved ones animals tattoos superpowers and even hair I used to have dreams where I'd levitate I haven't had that dream in years and even hair oh man that's just wishful thinking at this point my hair's my hair's gone uh, a lot of it's gone at least uh, but do you know what other dreams are common dreams of poop call it what it is call the sh- the poop shit. Come on. Yes, you heard us right. We spend an average 250 plus days in the toilet in our lifetime and produce about 24,230 pounds of shit. Well, I'm just going to call the poop shit. Every time they put poop on there, I'm saying shit. Uh, that's about according by 70 years. So if you live to 100, you're going to do more than that. 2,400 pounds. That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's some tonnage of shit. So it makes sense that you might experience a dream about shit or feces, feces at one point in your lifetime. There's a picture of shit, <laughs> like animal shit on the grass. What exactly does dreaming of shit mean? Is a shit dream. A good or bad sign? Well, this guide will answer these questions and more. We hope in the end you will have a better understanding of your dream. Shit dream meaning. What comes to your mind when you think of shit? Stinky waste, right? Despite its disgusting nature, this body excrement has a bright side, especially when it appears in your dream. According to a... Uh, to Sigmund Freud, a renowned dream psychologist, dreams of stool connect to unsettled emotions, worry over finances, control in situations, humiliation, psychological baggage, and unexpected wins. I almost thought that said twins. <laughs> you dream of shit when you're <laughs> unexpected twins. It's wins. Anyway. But like any other dream, the shit dreams can stand for many things. It all depends on the situation the dreamer is going through and the setting and details of the dream. Whether it's from a human or bird, feces do no good for the body. Therefore, if you dream of shitting, it points to clearing out negative emotions, unhealthy habits, or toxic individuals. I don't think that's the case with the individuals. Um... Since the body often excretes what it doesn't need, taking a dump in your dream could represent the feeling of pleasure. I didn't feel that in the, the dream. 
You feel happy about letting go of a burden or situation you have no control over. However, shit dreams are not one-sided. They also have a messy side. For instance, they may represent a repulsive personality, obsession, spiritual blockage, etc. What does shit symbolize in dreams? Unanticipated wealth and rewards. <laughs> I don't think any of these are the answer so far. Dreams about shit can relate to unexpected rewards. Chances are you dedicated your efforts and time to a project but didn't expect any return. So you're going to shit in a dream? <laughs> this dream shows your hard work will pay off in ways you never thought possible. But, well, I, I never thought possible the amount of shit that came out of this dream. I mean, that was was like human um, impossibility. Uh, see, you will enjoy significant rewards that will leave you thrilled and ex excited. Uh Better yet, the dream will instill a belief that everything works out in the end. In addition, shitting in a dream could mean you will inherit enormous wealth from someone you least expected. See, that's like insinuating that your subconscious is aware of the future, though. Premonition. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Number two, intense vulnerability. Most people feel vulnerable when shitting especially in a public place, but there's the fear of someone is watching me or a leak in your pant after urinating, which happens to most men. Yeah, thanks, prostate. Um, in fact, many individuals often have difficulty shitting in public bathrooms because they fear scrutiny and judgment about the experiences related to defecation, including sounds, smells, sights. The fear and anxiety are real that doctors even gave it a name. Uh, part... Parcopressis? But let's not go off topic. Dreams of shitting in the pub in the public imply you're vulnerable and self-conscious about specific aspects of your life. It's also a sign of fear and anxiety. I'm not feeling it. Um, cleansing. Defecating is a way of your body to get rid of waste products and spirituality. Shitting symbolizes cleansing. It's a sign that you are holding on to something in your life, but it doesn't contribute to your growth. As such, the universe is telling you to let go. Whether it's a negative emotion or bad energy, you need to get rid of it so you can focus on things that make you happy. Obstinacy. Uh, besides spiritual cleansing, defecating in dreams symbolizes your stubborn adherence to one's opinion and strong-headedness. Probably you fight a lot, not to achieve something in reality, but to establish a feeling of supremacy. You always believe you are right, and other people's opinions on various matters don't matter. Doesn't everybody feel that way? <laughs> uh, you pay no heed to the advice and guidance offered by others, and persistently uh, quarrel over issues that have no significance because of your obstinacy and stubbornness. People find it hard to relate to you. If that's the case, it's high time to change, except that you might not always be right. Build trust in others step by step. Uh, yeah, I'm not thinking this is why I'm shitting in a dream. Feeling blocked is number five here. If you've uh, if you've ever constipated, you understand how difficult it is to empty your bowel. Constipation is a sign of poor diet, old a older age, and sometimes low exercise levels. But in the dream world, constipation stands for obstruction. Most likely you've encountered a few hurdles in life preventing you from meeting your goals, but worry not, the dream is a cue to make some changes to beat your problems. With a little effort, positivity, and patience, you will overcome your challenges from the cocoon as strong as ever. That one may be more accurate. <laughs> Six is illness. Not all shit dreams represent financial gains. Some point towards negative scenarios like dreams of eating human or animal feces. <laughs> I didn't dream of that. Although a study shows that eating human excrement could be the key to treating colonic bacterial infection, only a handful of people will try this treatment. Who who's doing this study? Some kind of dog? Is it the Gunter that uh, that's on Netflix? The the mil the millionaire dog? Might get to that here in a second. Let's see here. Uh, let's not forget that the stool has to undergo lots of treatment to get rid of parasites and organisms that can cause diarrhea and dehydration. If you see yourself eating shit in a dream, it hints at infection or illness that could prove deadly. When you only place the stool in your mouth but don't eat it, the vision implies you attained your wealth via unscrupulous means. 
Probably you embezzled your firm's funds or took a bribe. I wonder if uh, before Bernie Madoff, if he dreamed dreamed a lot about eating shit. Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, let's get there's there's still a few more things. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, is dreaming about shit good luck? Yes, dreams of shit are a sign of good luck and prosperity. I doubt it. Whether bird, animal, or human shit, the dream is associated with financial gains, acquisition of materials. Oh. It's definitely acquisition of materials, uh, good fortune and balance in life. The dream shows you will get money easily and have fun with your family once again. From a spiritual view, such dreams signify redemption from loss and overcoming obstacles. You can even encounter a dream about the fecal matter when suffering from a digestive problem. Consider it a sign to find a lasting solution to your situation. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm really, most of the, yeah, I'm thinking... Thinking they're off on their, uh, <laughs> a lot of these, they say it's a uh, good luck dream. I'm thinking it's not. I'm thinking it's not. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a fact that I just shit a lot and here lately. My shit's been off. It hasn't been right. It's, it's, it's I've been struggling to get the shit out. And in the dream, it was just like, oh, <laughs> Why? I had to go to a police station bathroom to shit it out and shit a, a fuck ton. I don't know, man. I don't know. But it's been hard for me to get all the shit out. I've been constantly full of shit lately. Like, constantly. It would be great if that means I win the Powerball, though. The, this was a premonition that I was going to finally hit those numbers tonight. In which case, I might want to go get my colon checked <laughs> if I win. Uh... <laughs> The first thing I do if I win Powerball is like make an appointment with the doctor to get my colon checked. That might be a that might be a strong strong thing, like number one, maybe. I don't know. I mean if I have the money, why not? That's a lot of what prevents me from going to the doctors. I don't want to have to pay to go to the doctor. So, you know. Getting rid of the biggest obstacle there being the financial one, that would be killer. And uh, I would uh, definitely like to have money not be an issue. As, uh, <laughs> now I'm getting all serious. Man, it's, it's also, it did, doesn't help that I watched Wakanda Forever this week. Finally saw it as it was uh, added to uh, Disney Plus. And uh, I got a little choked up at the beginning, too. And uh, when, uh, when they showed like the opening sequence and uh you know he's he, they're talking about T'Challa being Chadwick Boseman uh being dead as he died in real life they had to you know of course write him out of the film series otherwise I was curious though if they would do some kind of CG thing where uh or deep fake and have him in there but you know his family would have to sign off on that and everything I'm quite glad they didn't do that uh but that would have been weird or maybe just use some Extra footage from, uh, like, a deleted scene or something from uh, Black Panther or one of the Avengers movies or something. But, no, there was none of that. And then uh, it was more powerful to me is that they showed them in, like, the opening sequence of the the Marvel logo coming out. And it was all pictures of Chadwick Boseman, and it was just complete silence. And just like, oh, that, that was, like, powerful. That guy, speaking of, like, haunting stuff like comparing like my dreams haunting me with the shit um <laughs> like uh man when uh he died there in uh, 2020 you know i didn't really know much about i mean i knew of his films some of his films of course i knew of black panther and him being an avengers um but i didn't know much about him uh as a person <clears throat> and uh to find out, you know, he had hidden his cancer and everything from people. And he, well, he got just absolutely jacked. I mean, he got the superhero fucking workout and he was fucking riddled with cancer. And, uh, fuck, man. Like, that is, like, when he played Black Panther, he had cancer already. And he was fucking battling that shit. And meanwhile, he fucking worked out hard enough to 
to appear to be like the suit the in the superhero shape, man. I mean, he's not fucking around. That's that's fucking insane. And then uh, the haunting part comes from <clears throat> I saw on Instagram when he died. I I think think I followed him before he died. So I'm, I may have seen it like right before he died, but the last thing he posted on Instagram, he did an Instagram live. And uh, it was within days, I think, of him dying. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But uh, he's just railed thin at that point. I mean, he's, he's within however many days or what it was before he was going to die. I mean, he looked fucking rough. He looked like he survived a fucking concentration camp. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> he was on there to promote people to uh, go and give money to, I believe it was a children's cancer uh, research fund. Or maybe not just research, maybe it was just for uh, <clears throat> you know the hospital or whatever for their care and everything. It was like watching him do that as he's clearly got to be in an immense pain and he's still just he felt the need he had to do something for them well he had to know at that point that he was he was uh gonna be leaving anytime soon (laughs) or at that point you know real soon um and then i remember watching that instagram live and seeing the chat comments and this is an Instagram live. He can read all the comments people are writing in there. And people were putting in there, cr- calling him Crack Panther and shit. And he can fucking read that. Like, son of a bit, man. You guys are fucking assholes. Like, fucking assholes. But I, you know, it's not new to me to realize that people are fucking scumbags on the internet. <laughs> they let, uh, they let their freak flag fly and then some, but like, holy shit! I hopefully they, you know, once they found out he was dead, and uh, I mean, if you're following Chadwick Boseman on fucking Instagram, you gotta be at least kind of a fan of his movies, right? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you calling him? Like, and seeing him like that, you automatically assume, oh, he's cracked out. <sighs> like, what would make you to believe that he was on crack? But uh. Man, it was uh, yeah, it's just it's just it's just crazy, mind blowing. And then I I was uh, looking it up the other day, and uh, seeing that uh, there was a interview that somebody had asked him about him being in Black Panther two, and uh, he said I will be dead, and with a big smile on his face, and then like oh and. But, but like, uh, yeah, I guess he was being serious. I guess that was real. Maybe that was some kind of deep fake. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess he fucking knew that. Uh, <clears throat> on his way out, man. That's uh, like some crazy shit, though. Like, I gotta stop thinking about it because I'll going down a uh, dark hole here. Dark, dark hole. Ugh. But holy shit, man. I mean that. Uh, yeah, I, I could pull up a YouTube video on it, but I, I think I'd rather not. I think I'd rather not. <laughs> Maybe go with something slightly more uplifting. I haven't watched the full series, but going back to uh, the uh, millionaire dog, Gunther. Oh, holy shit. Does oh, man, I'm going to have to watch this. Uh... I hope that's real. Anyway, uh, there was a uh, fuck, man. I, sorry, I just saw George Santos <laughs> as I was I was gonna look up shit about uh, Gunter, the millionaire dog. I saw a thing with Colbert, which I don't think is. Uh, it can't be the real George Santos, but George Santos, if you're unfamiliar, the congressman from New York, new uh, yeah, freshman congressman who has lied about everything, 
even apparently his name, which is apparently his name, his real name is Anthony DeVolder. Uh, ooh, Shelly just picked up the fear inoculum thing, but uh, yeah, the Colbert says that Santos sits down with them, and I'm wondering if this is the real Santos or it's probably not an actor. Uh, yeah, I I know that John Lovitz did him on uh. Is it Kimmel? No, I think it was uh, the Tonight Show with Fallon. One of the t- maybe, yeah, Kimmel. I think's got his a uh, different guy. I think it was the Tonight Show, but Lovitz was on there. I think that uh, you know what I think. <laughs> oh, I think this is a fake. There, yeah, they edited. <laughs> yeah, it's an exclusive fake interview. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna, I was kind of hoping it was real. I was I figured George Santos would not sit down for an interview, especially with Stephen Colbert. <laughs> uh, he's had some doozy of lies though, doozy of lies. Whereas you know, being a all pro volleyball player at Baruch College, which he never attended, and you know, the list goes on and on. Being Jewish, not being Jewish. His mom dying in 11. Clearly, she didn't die in 9-11. She was not in New York at the time of 9-11. There's, uh, uh, you know, fun stuff. Um, I forgot what, oh, yeah, Gunter. Gunter, the, uh, the, uh, millionaire dog. There's, uh trying to I end up I'm like a fucking got some major ADD going on here I'm getting like totally distracted while I'm trying to search this out Gunter the dog Gunter Gunter alright so yeah there's a uh, Netflix uh, docuseries out there I think it's called like Gunter's Millions yeah Gunter's Millions is what it's called there was a German countess named Carlotta Liebenstein uh, and she left millions to her dog named Gunther but it's not quite that simple not quite that simple As uh, I've only made it through like one episode and at first you know honestly I was like holy shit this is this is so fucked up um, that uh, I gotta see how much this the net worth is here we go net worth i want to see what the net worth 400 million dollars a fucking dog <laughs> has a net worth of 400 fucking million dollars the dog dines on gold flake covered steaks prepared by a private chef this is so wrong <laughs> you want to see shit that's wrong in this world it's the fact that a dog is worth four hundred million dollars. Yeah, this will, this countess um left her dog the uh, her estate. Countess Liebenstein. Liebenstein And uh what it is, uh she had a, a son named Gunther who uh Took his own life at the age of, I think it was 27. His name was Gunther. And I guess she named her beloved German Shepherd after her son. And uh, then she went to leave her, uh, I guess she didn't have any other family. So she left her estate to the dog. And the guy that takes care of the estate was like her son's like best friend. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Shelly almost bought the expensive version of, uh, Fear Inoculum, which is almost like $180. Well, I've seen it for 160 I think. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this, uh, best friend, Mian, he's like a Italian? 
And uh do do Maurizio. Yeah, Maurizio. Basically, but basically what ended up happening in a nutshell is that uh somebody had to control the estate. Obviously the dog can't make its own decisions <laughs> very well. And so it was left to her son's like friend and I guess I think they were like neighbors or something. But you know, there's massive houses. I don't know, you know. Anyway. Gunther. And uh it's crazy just seeing the shit that they do for this dog. And uh <coughs> It's not right. It's not right that a dog should uh, <laughs> be taken care of like that. I'm only like one episode in, so I haven't gotten like the, I don't know how many episodes it is, but there's definitely uh, a lot more to it than what I've currently seen. And uh, it's... uh. It's just ridiculous, though. There's obviously, there's these, uh, other than just this Italian guy, there's other people involved, of course, of uh, taking care of the estate. This employs a lot of people, and uh, it gets pretty ridiculous just within the first episode. Uh, Somehow, there's rules they have to abide by, and a lot of it has to do with what her son was into. And they have to do this for the dog. (laughs) Like their her son loved music, so the, in the '90s, I guess they put together this band and put out a a song which is fucking terrible. They put the song out and it is super fucking terrible. It's just terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> There's dogs barking in the song. Gunter is in the video, although it might be a a, a doppelganger because the, they're for security reasons. Now, it it might seem crazy that also, you know, dogs don't have, like, the longest lifespan. It is, you know, well, who gets it after the dog dies? Well, the thing is, it's not really one dog, per se. They <laughs> It gets passed on from dog to dog. They have, like, a family of Gunters. There is a... Uh, I don't know how they exactly they choose the right Gunter, but... Uh, It's just absurd. Like, they have a... There is, like, the current Gunther is, like, Gunther the Sixth or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, But there's things they have to abide by with breeding them. And, you know, it's got to be a full-bred Gunther. And uh, so, yeah, they they only... They have to have, like, only, like, one Gunther at a a time. With the puppies, you know... Tends to be a litter. I don't know what what do they do with the other ones? I don't know what they do with the other ones. <laughs> they not get a cut? Does it does the one does the one have to look like the OG Gunta to get it? There's a lot of questions I haven't gotten to yet. But there's obviously some crazy stuff with the music. At first there was this band that was started and that was shit. It was this this album they put out was complete and awful, utter shit. Some of the worst music I've ever heard. <laughs> and then uh, it reminded me of uh, The Sopranos. There's an episode where Christopher uh, gets it. Uh, I think Adriana gets him into uh, producing music. And they have this band who is shitty. But they have this song and they keep doing meow, meow, <laughs> meow. Well, actually, that there is a song that does meow that is fantastic. That's Kitty by President of the United States of America. That song is fantastic. And he does it right. He does it right. Meow. <laughs> but it's in there good. <laughs> if you haven't heard that one, holy shit. Kitty ran up, scratched me through my jeans. And uh, classic stuff. I don't remember how the uh, song on The Sopranos went, but... Uh, it was it was super cheesy and they were they're meowing and it wasn't really, it didn't really go with the music if I remember correctly. But that's what reminded me of hearing the Gunther music. 
It was uh, pretty fantastically bad. And uh, anyway, that didn't really stop there. From what I've gathered, what I'm up to is he actually, and I'm like spoiling, you know, some of the series here. But uh, they tried to buy Stallone, call back to Sly. And uh, maybe this is what my dream was premonitioning. <laughs> the dog uh, was just watching this documentary. And uh, if there's a scene where they're shitting ropes, I'm going to, I don't know, my mind will, my mind will break. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so uh, Stallone's, my they were looking for a home in Miami because uh, the again the Italian guy that runs the estate and like the other people involved in running the estate they make all the decisions as far as what to do with all this fucking money and uh, but they use you know it's like oh it's for the happiness of the dog well the dog likes to be on boats so let's buy this insanely expensive fucking yacht. And so he can travel the world. And also they have to take in consideration what the actual son, uh, the Countess's son, enjoyed. And he liked traveling. He liked boats. And he liked, you know, big, glamorous, luxurious things. So, like, he he wanted to go to to America and everything. And they were like, Miami, let's go to Miami. (laughs) So they would look for a house to buy in Miami. And Stallone's house went up for sale, and uh, I guess it was too much or something, what the deal was. Uh, it, it was something, or they didn't, for some reason they didn't go for Stallone's, but they ended up opting to go with Madonna's uh, mansion, which was only like $7 million or something, you know. Not bad when you have like $400 million, $7 million, like, oh, well, we can we can cover that. I wonder what the monthly costs on a $7 million home is. It's a big fucking house. Just electricity on that. Like, what are the utilities running in a $7 million home? A lot more than I can afford. <laughs> a lot more than I can afford in 10 years to pay for, probably. It would be tough. Um. Anyway, so yeah, they, they get Madonna's home, and then they put together like a, uh, like a sex cult, basically, and I haven't gotten full in-depth in this, but they're sort of making a band. They claim to be a pop band, but they're not really doing any music. They have hire this choreography to teach them to dance, but they don't really have a song. But they're just picking attractive people and trying to get them to fuck. <laughs> I'm hoping there there ends in some kind of murder, but I don't think this is a murder thing. As uh, it's just a bunch of people trying to claw at these millions of dollars from this dog. And uh, the one guy, like the dog, Gunter, has his own PR guy. And uh, this PR guy got the job by, uh, he put a bunch of bacon in his pocket. And he went up to the dog. And, of course, the dog was following him around all day. Like, Gunter loves him. Yeah, Gunter, Gunter, he loves you. Yes. You have this job. Yes. No, Gunter loves fucking bacon, man. (laughs) He's a fucking dog. And, uh, <laughs> simple tricks, man. Simple tricks. Simple Jack loves simple tricks. Um, it's, I was just disgusted at first watching the damn thing just because of, like, really, this fucking dog? Like, there's, there's, you know, millions of people starving in this world. There are people that, you know, cannot afford to, to get clean water. And are dying of easily treated diseases and shit. shit. Meanwhile, this dog has $400 million <laughs> and can eat gold-plated steaks for dinner. You know, only eats the finest. It's a fucking dog. You know, I'm willing to bet <laughs> you give Gunter to a family that just gives him kibble and just, like, shows him some love. Gunter would be all right. Gunter would be fu- totally fine with that. He had a little little boy that loved to play fetch with Gunter and just showed him some fucking love. I'm sure Gunter would be totally fine. I I do not think Gunter needs $400 million. Just saying. Just saying. 
I don't feel like dogs are as, uh, uh, you know, into cash and bling as much as, as the, the humans are. It's fucking, fucking crazy. Well, she could have at least just, you know, donated a ton to like some kind of animal charities or something. No, she's like, this specific dog <laughs> is going to get all my cash. It's fucked up in many levels. Fucked up on many levels. And $400 million is just an absurd amount of money to just, here you go. Here you go. Uh, God damn it. I guess I'll read a little bit of this article. I feel like it's going to ruin it for me. This is a townandcountrymag.com. It's an article on it. Here's the thing. Carlotta Liebenstein never existed. Oh, really? Wait a minute. Oh, shit. I'm skipping ahead here. Story goes, a German countess named Carla, Carlotta Liebenstein, also spelled uh, with a K, once, once, C, uh, she died 92. Upon her death, she left her entire $80 million fortune to her beloved dog, Gunther III. That money has remained with Gunther's descendants, making Gunther and the German Shepherd the richest dog in the world. Oh, so there might be some fraud going on here. This seems like a story... Oh, now I'm more intrigued <laughs> knowing that maybe Carlotta didn't exist. Carlotta Liebenstein was a German countess who resided in Munich, or München, if you're from, from there. München is how they pronounce it. Lucy Clarkson, head of PR for uh, Gunther, says in episode one of Gunther's Millions on Netflix, and her husband was university professor who came to Germany as a refugee from Hungary. They got their fortune from his amazing pharmaceutical company, which made them so much money. In February of 92, the countess passed away. When she died, she had no direct relatives, no one close to her, and she gave everything to her dog, Gunther, who she loved so much. And then the Gunther Trust was created to make sure the money stayed with Gunther and the bloodline. Of Gunther. Here's the thing. Carlotta Liebenstein never existed. Uh, now this is... But Gunther is supposedly one of the wealthiest dogs in the world. So what's true? The entire story is a tale created by Maurizio Mayan, a scion of Istituto Gentili, an Italian pharmaceutical company that was purchased by Merck. The dog's... Role appears to be little more than a joke that's carried on for decades. Huh. And there is no evidence of a German countess. 95, I'm saddened by this. 95, Mian told an Italian newspaper that the countess was just an invention to publicize the philosophy of, of his foundation. In Netflix's Gunther's Millions, Mian admits that he invented Gunther's story. The truth comes out in the last episode, the picture of Carlotta was a German woman who helped Mayan's family for tax reasons. <laughs> she was a good friend of his mother, but no countess. He does not share the name of the person. <laughs> well, this is a bit of a letdown. I, I wish I wouldn't have read this article now. Son of a bitch. I should preface this with a spoiler alert. After so many years of questions and answers, Mayan says, I think I need to tell the story it is as it is. He says that his this friend of his mother's was the perfect person to take control of the bank accounts and all the assets in Liechtenstein, but she never existed with the name of Carlotta Liebenstein. Her son, who supposedly committed suicide, was entirely fictional. The owner of the original Gunther, Mian's girlfriend at the time, and Antonella Signorini. In Gunther's Millions, she says, Gunther was mine. Why is his name Gunther? Because Gunther was Bridget. Brigitte Bardot's husband and the third because it was our third German shepherd Sigurini says the dog was basically hers and man's together Maurizio immediately fell in love with the dog he was in love with him when you say it like that was he fucking the dog please tell me he wasn't fucking the dog Mian says I really felt that this dog was my very very best friend but Gunther the third soon became sick Signorini Got Gunther in 1980, and he became very sick in 84. Mian then started treating him with osteoporosis drugs, and Gunther improved. The story became a huge success, she says. 
After Gunther healed, she says Maurizio made the dog the center of all his aspirations. I started to feel some resentment towards Maurizio. Soon he was using Sigurini's Gunther as a publicity stunt. 92, Mian's mother's friend, whose name was on bank accounts for the family, was dying, so he had the idea of leaving the inheritance to Gunther. It was a carefully curated decision, he says, a financial artifice for taxes. So to make a new approach, I created the story of the Countess. Oh, so that's, it's, it's all a lie, son of a bitch, sort of, although he did leave the shit to the dog for tax reasons. That seems, that seems more, (laughs) who would, who would do that just to, that's somewhat better, better knowing that it's sort of not true, but apparently this dog does get treated very well, the Gunter, which he, he loves, the guy loves the dogs. And he's trying to evade paying a fair share of taxes when you got fucking $400 million. The fuck, man? <laughs> he sounds like a pretty crazy dude, though. Pretty crazy dude. And, uh... Uh... This is, uh... I feel so let down. Not as let down as I did about the pig brothel thing. Not being a thing in Rala. I was so enamored by that story years ago but for years I thought that that was true and uh kind of saddened that Gunter although I mean I felt it was kind of relieved as I thought it was a bit disgusting that a dog would have like 400 million dollars um <laughs> as uh that just doesn't seem right as uh <laughs> Uh, it is a relief. It is a, a total relief that uh, that there's not that that dog. But of course, from seeing the documentary, though, I feel like it's still kind of. I mean, he did for tax purposes leave it to the dog. So there's. I mean, people seem cagey about answering questions about it, like in the doc and everything. Um. <coughs> And uh, yeah, it's 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 something that Gunter. As I was also watching the, uh, I don't know if that's a Polish film or, but uh, it's a movie, but called The Champion, and uh, I'll have to look it up on uh, the old IMDb. And see if I can get a whole lot of details about it. Um, do do do. It is, of course. It the here's the synopsis on it. It's the story of the pre-war boxing champion. Todus. Oh man, I can't pronounce this fucking name. He's Polish, Teddy Pietrzyszkowski, who in 1940 arrives with the first transport of prisoners to the newly created Auschwitz concentration camp. Story of the pre-war boxing champ. Uh, yeah, concentration camp. Their camp officers force him to fight uh, for his and other prisoners' lives. However, with every win, strengthens the hope that Nazis are not invincible. The camp authorities subject Teddy to a final fight, the stake of which... It's not only his life and freedom, but also the dignity and hope of the survival of the prisoners. Oh shit! And uh, but it seems like a decent film. I haven't watched the whole thing. As uh, forced to fight. I don't know if this is true or not. Is this a true story? That's the thing. Uh, is it true? Did you do? Tell me if it's true, you bastards. <laughs> I don't know. It would be a lot more amazing to me if it was a true story, and I, I just don't don't know. But it's a pol I guess it's a Polish movie. Let's see here. Is it a true story? Do 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 just eh. 
Based on the true story. Okay, it is based on the true story. That was a guy, real boxer, Polish boxer. He had uh, nearly undefeated strings of victories in the Nazi concentration camps. So that's interesting. But uh, <laughs> a lot of darkness. Going from like Gunter's millions to a uh, Nazi concentration camp uh, fighting ring. And dreaming of uh, ropes of shit. But hey, I'm still playing guitar a lot. I got the... <laughs> there's some positivity. There's some positivity. That's a real thing. And I thankfully have not bought any more guitars, though I've been... Really had that itch. The itch is starting to go away as the uh, the overtime has not come back at work. And uh, I have not been able to knock out uh, a whole lot of my debt, so... The uh, desire to want to buy a guitar has has dwindled, even though we're on the verge here of uh, Mr. Adam Jones releasing the second of his art guitars, being that uh, the Epiphone series custom Epiphone with the art on the back. Like, they released the first one. Was it December or January? I don't remember when they released the first one. I feel like it was last year. It was the Mark Ryden's uh, Veil of Bees art on the back, which I thought looked fantastic on the guitar. Um, but they're about to s- set to release the artwork number two, which sounds to me like it is confirmed. Um, and it is uh, Frank uh, Frazetti, I believe is the artist's name. The Berserker, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be uh, the uh, uh, the the dealio. Uh, I do believe it is Frank Frazetti. Yeah, Berserker. That does look nice on the back of there. There's uh, Frank Frazetti. Let's see here if it's got the news. This is on uh, GuitarBomb.com. That uh, the new Adam Jones uh, Berserker Silver Burst Les Paul custom featuring art by Frank Frazetta has been revealed. And from what I understand, it's coming out on Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, the first image of the new Epiphone Adam Jones Berserker variation of the Silver Burst Les Paul custom has surfaced online. It's the latest release and follows on from 2022's The Veil of Bees artwork from the first run. There's going to only be 800 of these with that art on there. Um to do after the announcement in 2022 uh we knew the berserker by frank frazetta was the next image in the series <laughs> each batch of guitars limited to only 800 models worldwide in the first run sold out within hours all around the globe the second release is due out around oh around february 14th i figured you know what's a better valentine's day gift than a guitar with a fucking <laughs> berserker on the back Fucking looks like Conan. Um, and some dealers are already taking deposits, it would seem. Of course they are. They will take your money right away. You can see the latest artwork below along with... Uh, oh, yeah. It's, you can't because this is audio. <laughs> uh, it looks pretty decent. I think the Veil of Bees looks better on there, though. Gotta gotta say. There's uh, Frank Frazetta. And I think they're... The original painting was done like early '80s, like '82 or something like that, if I recall. It's a it's a famous painting, and of course the art collection. Each of the seven releases features a piece of artwork on the back of the Les Paul Customs. Each piece of art was chosen by Adam from artists including Mark Ryden, Frank Frazetta, Julie Heffernan. I don't remember hearing about Julia Heffernan before. That I think is a new name, Corn Fout, which is his, uh, Adam's wife, and Ernst Fuchs. Uh, therefore, we know there are five more releases with artwork to come and one final release with a plain back and no artwork. Let me know in the comments. Blah, blah, blah. Do I remember? I don't remember if I looked up Julie Heffernan. As, uh, shit. But th- those will, uh, if you, if you're in, you get one before they start reselling them. It will be, uh, well, Julie Heffernan's got some fucking awesome artwork. Hers might be the way to go. Man, it's uh, 
Yeah, the, holy shit. Yeah, I'm looking at her art, and it's like fantasy mixed with like some surrealism almost, like uh, some cool shit going on. I wonder what uh, painting of hers he chose. This might be better than the Veil of Bees. Is, uh, I thought Raiden was going to have another one. They're saying Queen Bee was probably going to be the other one, which I'm going to say the Veil of Bees is better than the Queen Bee. But Julie Heffernan has got some uh, interesting art. I feel like these could... This uh, could be... Yeah, I don't know how to describe it, really. There's... I mean, it's not quite surrealism to the point of, like, Dali, but some of it is... I mean, it's more of fantasy, I guess, than surrealism. But it, it's it's definitely good-looking stuff. I would be curious to see what... which of her paintings he chooses to put on the back of his guitar. And uh, thankfully, though, I have not bought <laughs> another Adam Jones guitar as... The initial sale price, of course, again, if you get it before they end up reselling it for a high amount, is $1,300. And right now, the Veil of Bees is going on reverb for around $2,000. Which is a bit fucking crazy for an Epiphone that's made in China. They do have the Epiphone USA, uh, made in the USA ones. Not of the Adam Jones. But I'm saying there's the Epiphone Casino, and there's like... Two or three other Epiphone, I believe they're Archtop, all Archtop guitars, and I think they have a, an, a of the electrics that are, are made in USA. And then I think they have like one or two acoustics, fully acoustics that are made in the USA. And they, they sell, I want to say, for around like three grand. Like you can pick up an Epiphone casino made in the USA for, I want to say, around three grand. And I would love to have that, by the way. I would fucking, oh, but damn, this, these, I do love these Jones art guitars. They are nice. And we should see within a week or two, probably of seeing this, this latest one. I'm curious though, if this will drop the price of the resale value of the, uh, Veil of Bees. I'm thinking probably not, probably not. The best deal I saw on one on Reverb was uh, $1,400, but it had a big gash, like a chunk of paint taken out by the neck. That's why it, it uh, went for so low. Like Some of the prices, some of these people are charging what it is for like the Gibson Standard that I, I pay three grand for, which it would, to me it seems insane to pay that kind of money for the Epiphone. It doesn't have quite as good quality of parts and it's not a nitro finish it's polyurethane and Epiphone has been known to have uh, a lot of issues that you end up having to get fixed like uh, sometimes the wiring has to be redone you know the the input jack uh, you might have to get that work done a lot of times I think these are of higher quality made, though, that uh, these specific ones. I can't speak to it. I haven't even touched one of them. But historically speaking, Epiphones don't always have the greatest uh, as far as doing the uh, the components and the wiring and such. And But they do have a real Seymour Duncan in the fucking bridge pickup. So it's not hand-wound. I'm sure it's done on a machine. Still, Seymour Duncan. <clears throat> and it's got the cool art on the back. It's really just something cool to just have in your collection. I don't think I don't know that you're gonna play it like my Les Paul standard. Put that bitch in my hands every every chance I got. Stroke her up and down. Stroke that it's more of a guy, I guess. Stroke that stroke that fella up and down the neck. Up and down the shaft of it. Sliding it up and down, making beautiful sounds the whole way, the whole way down. Balls deep. Balls deep on that neck and uh, on the shaft. And, uh, which, you know, you can get pretty far down on, on the fretboard. 
with f- f- relative ease. It's not quite a strat. So I guess balls deep is pretty <laughs> a bit too low. Not really going balls deep. But uh <laughs> Oh, I would like to have another one of those. It would be where just one of those with the art on the back. So there's oh, plenty of other guitars I would love to have. I I would love to have a casino. The fun casino. Even if it wasn't the uh made in USA ones. Prefer the made in USA one with the nitro finish and all that good shit. But uh I would like a Gibson ES three thirty five. Which that runs around four grand. Unless you want to get a used one. <coughs> Don't have that kind of money. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, there's uh, the real Epiphone that I'd really like to get, though, is that Noel Gallagher Riviera with the wine red. I don't know. That wine red looks fantastic. I don't really – I'm not a huge Oasis fan. I just really dig the fucking – the body on that, the Noel Gallagher Riviera. Um, Where do you go? I'm going to look at pictures of that again. I don't – I wish it had P90s, though, and not the uh, humbuckers it has in there. Uh, oh, man. I got to enter, enter a chance for a studio giveaway. Maybe this is going to help the podcast here. <laughs> I think I've already entered in this. Here you go, Sweetwater. Success. I'll enter it again. I'll keep entering it. I have laid down a win. I was sadly I I was in uh, a contest to win the uh, fucking uh, damn uh, Epiphone Casino made in China, China, uh, and that I'm trying to remember. I think it was the YouTuber Robert Baker that had that contest going on. Yeah, it was Robert Baker. He's one of the many guitarists, YouTubers um, that I follow. And he, uh, yeah, he had a chance to win a uh, fucking Epiphone Casino with the, the, the blue. And I, I didn't win. I was sad and I was like, oh, this is going to be it. I, I like every contest they they have. I always enter in, but you got to figure all these YouTubers have like fifty thousand followers and shit subscribers. So there's a good chance <laughs> that thousands and thousands of people have put in to win this thing. But it's better odds than me winning the Powerball. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> there's, it's uh, <clears throat> I far I feel like I have far better odds there, and. uh and that Noel Gallagher, that that does look fucking sharp. That body on it. I might have to redo the wiring since it is an Epiphone, but that wine red. Like, I'm not big on, like, red guitars, per se. But this wine red, it's like a dark wine red. <laughs> and I love semi-hollow guitars. Like, again, the Casino and, uh, you know, ES-335. Like, there's... So, yeah, it intrigues me. <laughs> I guess I'd have to learn how to play some fucking Oasis songs if I'm going to. I'm turning into the guy, though, that's got a but All his guitars are signatures of different artists. <laughs> well, that, oh, man, that finish just looks so nice. So nice. I think I'd rather, if I was going to buy an Epiphone that wasn't made in America, like get the, because that's the casino I'd like to have. Um, If I was, I'd have. I'd rather spend a little bit more. This is like 900 for this Noel Gallagher one. I'd rather go that route and get that than a, uh, although the the regular casino has P90s in it. I'd really like to have that, but I just dig the look of the Riviera. Oh, the wine red, that finish. And uh, what can I say? I uh, <laughs> don't pick guitars for probably the right reason. Uh, visually, visual, visually striking is not the, you know, the most important thing when it comes to guitar. And, uh, that's often what I choose it from is the, like, Ooh, that looks hot. That looks hot. I want to stick my fingers all up in it. Feel it. It should be about playability and sound, but no, I'm strictly choosing this cause I, 
I like the uh, the the look of it. Meanwhile, well, I mean, I do like the sounds of hollow body guitars, and I, you know, I do like the the tones that Oasis is getting, that Noel Gallagher is getting with the Riviera. I mean, I, I know what the guitar sounds like. I guess I can't, but I don't know. I don't know about playing it though. I've never played one, so I I don't know what the how the neck would feel in my hand. Probably not as good as my Adam Jones Les Paul is uh, that thing. Oof. Fits like a glove. Fits like a glove. And, uh... <laughs> I was going to make a Johnny Cochran reference, but it doesn't really, <laughs> really apply. What I'm saying is, I guess if I were to, you know, the important thing to do is wait to a chance where I could actually play the Riviera. And, you know, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit and not get the guitar, right? But no, because I would be ordering it online. I wouldn't be able to to play it. I always feel weird just playing shit in the in guitar sh- stores. Always felt weird. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that's I guess that's all I've got for tonight. Um, I've I'm not that full of shit at the moment because I did actually get quite a bit of shit done today or shit out. As uh, but they weren't full ropes, and uh, hopefully I don't dream more of that. <laughs> Although they say it's good luck-ish. So as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.